कहानी कैफे कहानी कैफे कहानी वाला रजत के साथ वेल हेलो नमस्कार आदाब वणकम सत्याल आई एम योर स्टोरी टेलर ऑफ दिस पॉडकास्ट कहानी वाला रजत and you're listening to your favorite story podcast called kahani cafe brought to you by macmillan education aaj ki jo kahani main aapko suna raha hu again this story is written by i would call him the master storyteller the master of twist roald dahl and the story is the landlady billy weaver had traveled down from london on the slow afternoon train with a change at swindon on the way and by the time he got to bath the place he was traveling to It was about 9 o'clock in the evening and the moon was coming up out of the clear starry sky over the houses opposite the station entrance but the air was deadly cold and the wind was like a flat blade of ice on his cheeks uh excuse me he said uh, is there a fairly cheap hotel not too far away from here try the bell and dragon the porter answered pointing down the road they might take you in It's about a quarter of a mile along on the other side. Billy thanked him and picked up his suitcase and set out to walk the quarter mile to the Bell and Dragon. He had never been to Bath before. The place. He did not know anyone who lived here. But Mr. Greenslade at the head office in London had told him it was a splendid city. Find your own lodgings, he had said. and then go along and report to the branch manager as soon as you have got yourself settled billy was 17 years old he was wearing a new navy blue overcoat a new born trilby hat and a new brown trilby hat and a new brown suit and he was feeling fine he walked briskly down the street he was trying to do everything briskly these days briskness he had decided was the one common characteristic of all successful businessmen The big shots up at the head office were absolutely fantastically brisk all the time. They all were amazing. There were no shops in this wide street that he was walking along. Only a line of tall houses on each side, all of them identical. They had porches and pillars and four or five steps going up to their front doors. It was obvious that once upon a time there had been very swanky residences. But now even in the darkness he could see that the paint was peeling from the woodwork on the doors and windows and that the handsome white facades were cracked and blotchy from the neglect Suddenly in a downstairs window that was brilliantly illuminated by a street lamp not 6 yards away Billy caught sight of a printed notice propped up against the glass in one of the upper panes it said bed and breakfast There was a vase of pussy willows tall and beautiful standing just underneath the notice. He stopped walking. He moved a bit closer. Green curtains some sort of velvety material were hanging down on either sides of the window. The pussy willows looked wonderful beside them. He went right up and peered through the glass into the room and the first thing he saw was a bright fire burning in the hearth. On the carpet in the front of the fire a pretty little dachshund was curled up asleep with its nose tucked into its belly the room itself so far as he could see in the half darkness was filled with pleasant furniture there was a baby grand piano and a big sofa and several plump armchairs and in one corner he spotted a large parrot in a cage animals were usually a good sign in a place like this billy told himself and all in all 
It looked to him as though it would be a pretty decent house to stay in. Certainly, it would be more comfortable than the Bell and Dragon. On the other hand, a pub would be more congenial than a boarding house. There would be beer and darts in the evening, lots of people to talk to, and it would probably be a good bit cheaper too. But he had stayed a couple of nights in a pub once before, and he had liked it. He had never stayed in any of boarding houses, and to be perfectly honest. He was a tiny bit frightened of them. The name itself conjured up images of watery cabbage, weird landladies, and a powerful smell of kippers in the living room. After dithering about like this in the cold for two or three minutes, Billy decided that he would walk on and take a look at the Bell and the Dragon before making up his mind. He turned to go, and now a queer thing happened to him. He was an act of stepping back and turning away from the window when all at once his eyes was caught and held in the most peculiar manner by the small notice that was there bed and breakfast it said bed and breakfast each word was like a large black eye staring at him through the glass holding him compelling him forcing him to stay where he was and not to walk away from that house and the next thing he knew he was actually moving across the window to the front door of the house climbing the steps that led up to it and reaching for the bell he pressed the bell far away in the back room he heard it ringing and then at once because he hadn't even had time to take his finger from the bell button the door swung open and a woman was standing there Normally you ring the bell and you have at least half a minute's wait before the door opens but this dame was like a jack in the box he pressed the bell and out she popped it made him jump she was about 45 or 50 years old and the moment she saw him she gave him a warm welcoming smile please come in she said pleasantly she stepped aside holding the door wide open and billy found himself automatically starting forward into the house the compulsion or more accurately the desire to follow after her into the house was extraordinarily strong uh, i saw the notice in the window he said holding himself back yes i know i was wondering about a room it's all ready for you my dear she said she had a round pink face and very gentle blue eyes uh, I, i was on, on my way to the bell and dragon billy told her but the notice in your window just happened to catch my eye my dear boy she said why don't you come in out of the cold well uh, how much do you charge ma'am 5 and 6 pence a night including breakfast it was fantastically cheap it was less than half of what he had been willing to pay if that is too much then perhaps i can reduce it just a tiny bit do you desire an egg for breakfast eggs are expensive at the moment it would be 6 pence less without the egg 5 and 6 pence is fine he answered i should like very much to stay here I knew you would. Do come in. She seemed terribly nice. She looked exactly like the mother of one's best school friend welcoming one to the house to stay for Christmas holidays. Billy took off his hat and stepped over the threshold. Just hang in there and let me help you with your coat. There were no other hats or coats in the hall. There were no umbrellas or no walking sticks. Nothing. We have it all to ourselves. She said smiling at him over her shoulder as she led the way upstairs. You see it is it is not very often I have the pleasure of taking a visitor into my little nest. The old girl is slightly dotty, Billy told himself. 
but a five and sixpence in a for a night who gives a damn about that i should have thought you would be simply swamped with applicants he said politely oh i am my dear i am of course i am but the trouble is that i am inclined to be just a teeny weeny bit choosy and particular if you see what i mean oh ha yes but i am always ready everything is always ready day and night in this house just on the off chance that an acceptable young gentleman will come along and it is such a pleasure my dear such a great pleasure when now and again i open the door and i see someone standing there who is just exactly right she was halfway up the stairs and she paused with one hand on the railing turning her head and smiling down at him with pale lips like you my dear she added and her blue eyes traveled slowly all the way down the length of billy's body to his feet and then up again on the first floor landing she said to him this floor is mine they climbed up the second flight and this one is all yours she said here's your room i do hope you like it she took him into a small but charming front bedroom switching on the light as she went in the morning sun comes right in the window mr perkins it is mr perkins isn't it oh no 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 it's weaver mr weaver how nice i have put a water bottle between the sheets to air them out mr weaver it's such a comfort to have a hot water bottle in a strange bed with clean sheets <laughs> don't you agree and you may light the gas fire at any time if you feel chilly well uh, thank you ma'am Uh, thank you uh, ever so much he noticed that the bedspreads had been taken off the bed and that the bed clothes had been neatly turned back on one side all ready for someone to get in i'm so glad you appeared she said looking earnestly into his face i was beginning to get worried well, that's all right billy answered brightly you must not worry about me he put his suitcase on the chair and started to open it And what about supper my dear did you manage to get anything to eat before you came here well uh, i'm not a bit hungry thank you so much he said i think i'll just go to bed as soon as possible because tomorrow i've got to get up rather early and report to the office very well then i leave you now so that you can unpack but before you go to bed would you be kind enough to pop into the sitting room on the ground floor and sign the book everyone has to do that because it's the law of the land and we don't want to go breaking any laws at this stage in the proceedings do we huh she gave him a little wave of the hand and went quickly out of the room and closed the door now the fact that his landlady appeared to be slightly off her rocker didn't worry billy in the least after all she was not only harmless there was no question about that but she was also quite obviously a kind and generous soul He guessed that she had probably lost a son in the war or something like that and had never got over it. So a few minutes later after unpacking his suitcase and washing his hand, he trotted downstairs to the ground floor and entered the living room. His landlady wasn't there, but the fire was glowing in the hearth in the chimney and the little dachshund was still sleeping in front of it. The room was wonderfully warm and cozy. I'm a lucky fellow, he thought rubbing his hand. This is a bit of all right. He found the guest book lying open on the piano so he took out his pen and wrote down his name and address. There were only two other entries above his on the page and as one always does with guest books he started to read them. One was Christopher 
Malloland from Cardiff. The other was Gregory W. Temple from Bristol. That's funny, he thought suddenly. Christopher Mo Moho Christopher Moholand. It rings a bell. Now where on earth had he heard that rather unusual name before? Was he a boy at school? No. Was it one of his sister's numerous young men? Perhaps. Or a friend of his father's? No, no. It wasn't any of those. He glanced down again at the book. Christopher Mulholland, 231 Cathedral Road, Cardiff. Gregory W. Temple, 27 Sycamore Drive, Bristol. As a matter of fact, now he came to think of it. He wasn't at all sure that the second name didn't have almost as much of a familiar ring about it as the first. Gregory Temple, he said aloud, searching his memory. Christopher Mulholland, such charming boys, a voice behind him answered and he turned and saw his landlady sailing into the room with a large silver tea tray in her hands. She was holding it out in front of her and rather high up, as though the tray were a pair of rinds on a frisky horse. They sound somehow familiar, he said. They do? How interesting. I'm almost positive I've heard these names before somewhere. Isn't, isn't that queer? Maybe it was in the newspapers. They were not famous in any way, were they? I mean, famous cricketers or footballers or something like that? Famous? She said, setting the tea tray down on the low table in front of the sofa. Oh no, I don't think they were famous, but they were extraordinarily handsome. Both of them. I can promise you that. They were tall and young and handsome, my dear, just exactly like you. Once more, Billy glanced down at the book. Look here, he said, noticing the dates. The last entry is over two years old. Is it? Yes, indeed. And Christopher Malolans is nearly a year before that, more than three years ago. Dear me, she said, shaking her head and heaving a dainty slight little sigh. I would like never have thought it. How time flies, <laughs> doesn't it, Mr. Wilkins? Oh, it's Weaver, Billy said. Weaver, W-E-A-V-E-R. Oh, of course it is, she cried, sitting down on the sofa. How silly of me. I do apologize. In one ear and out the other. That's me, <laughs> Mr. Weaver. You know something? Billy said. Something that's really quite extraordinary about all this. No, dear, I don't know. Well, you see, both of these names, Maloland and Temple, I not only seem to remember each one of them separately, so to speak, but somehow or the other in some peculiar way, they both appear to be sort of connected together as well. As though they were both famous for the same sort of thing. If you see what I mean, like Dempsey and Tony, or for example, Churchill and Roosevelt. How amusing, she said. But come over here now, dear, and sit down. Sit down beside me on the sofa and I'll give you a nice cup of tea and ginger biscuit before you go to bed. Well, you really shouldn't bother, Billy said. I didn't mean you to do anything like that. He stood by the piano watching her as she fussed about the cups and saucers. He noticed that she had small, white, quickly moving hands and red fingernails. Well, I am almost positive it was in the newspaper I saw them, Billy said. I'll think of it in a second, I am sure I will. There is nothing more tantalizing than a thing like this which lingers just outside the borders of one's memory. He hated to give up. Now, wait a minute, he said. Wait just a minute, Mulholland, 
Christopher Mulholland. Wasn't that the name of the Eton schoolboy who was on a walking tour through the West Country? And and then all of a sudden, milk, my dear, and and sugar. Well, uh, yes, please. And then then and and I was saying. And then all of a sudden, Eton schoolboy, she said. Oh no, my dear, that can't possibly be right because my Mr. Mulholland was certainly not an Eton schoolboy. When he came to me, he was a Cambridge undergraduate. Now come over here now and sit next to me. Warm yourself in front of this lovely fire. Come on, your tea's all ready for you. She patted the empty place beside her on the sofa, and she sat there smiling at Billy and waiting for him to come over. He crossed the room slowly and sat down on the edge of the sofa. She placed his teacup on the table in front of him. There we are, she said. How nice and cozy this is, isn't it? Billy started sipping his tea. She did the same. For half a minute or so, neither of them spoke. But Billy knew that she was looking at him. Her body was half turned towards him, and he could feel her eyes resting on his face, watching him over the rim of her teacup. Now and again, he caught a whiff of a peculiar smell that seemed to emanate directly from her person. It was not it, the least unpleasant, and it reminded him well. He wasn't quite sure what it reminded him of: pickled walnuts, new leather, or was it the corridor of hospital? Mister Mulholland. Was a great one of his tea," she said at length. "Never in my life I have seen anyone drink as much tea as dear Mister Sweet Mulholland. I suppose、uh, he left fairly recently," Billy said. He was still puzzling his head about the two names. He was positive now that he had seen them in the newspapers, in the headlines. Left," she said, arching her eyebrows. "But my dear boy, he never left." He's still here. Mr. Temple is also here. They are on the third floor, both of them together. Billy sat down, his cup slowly on the table, and stared at his landlady. She smiled back at him, and then she put out one of her white hands and patted him comfortably on the knee. How old are you, my dear? She asked. Uh, seventeen.、Mm, Seventeen. Oh, it's the perfect age. Mister Malolan was also seventeen, but I think he was a trifle shorter than you are. In fact, I'm sure he was, and his teeth were quite so white. You have the most beautiful teeth, Mister Weaver. Did you know that? Well, they are not as good as they look, Billy said. They've got simply masses of fillings in them at the back. Mister Temple, of course. Was a little older," she said, ignoring his remark. He was actually twenty-eight, and yet I never would have guessed if it, if he hadn't told me. Never in my whole life, there wasn't a blemish on his body. A, a what? His skin was just like a baby's. There was a pause. Billy picked up his teacup and took another sip of his tea. Then he set it down again gently at, in its saucer. He waited for her to say something else, but she seemed to have lapsed, lapsed into another of her silences. He sat there, staring straight ahead of him into the far corner of the room, biting her lower lip. That parrot, he said at last. You know something? It had me completely fooled when I first saw it through the window, from the street. 
I could have sworn it was alive. Alas, no longer. Well, it's most terribly clever the way it's been done, he said. It doesn't look in the least bit dead. Who did it? I did it, my dear. You did? Of course. And you have met my little Bessel as well. She nodded towards the dashant curled up so comfortably in front of the fire. Billy looked at it. And suddenly he realized that this animal had all the time been just as silent and motionless as the parrot. He put out a hand and touched it gently on top of its back. The back was hard and cold. And when he pushed the hair to one side with the fingers, he could see the skin underneath, grayish black and dry and perfectly preserved. Good gracious me, he said. How absolutely fascinating. He turned away from the dog and stared with deep admiration at the little woman beside him on the sofa. It must be most awfully difficult to do a thing like that. Not in the least, she said. I stuff all my little pets myself when they pass away. Will you have another cup of tea? Well, no, no, thank you, Billy said. The tea tasted faintly of bitter almonds and he didn't much care of it. You didn't sign the book, didn't you? Oh, yes, uh, that's good. Because later on, if I happen to forget what you were called, then I can always come down here and look it up. I still do that almost every day with Mr. Mulholland and Mr. Temple, Billy said. Gregory Temple. Excuse my asking. But haven't there been any other guest here except them in last two or three years? Holding her teacup high in one hand, inclining her head slightly to the left, she looked up at him out of the corners of her eyes and gave him another gentle smile. No, my dear, she said, only you. And that was the end of this fantastically thrilling and twisted tale by Roald Dahl Land Dairy I'll be back with one more story next week Kahani Cafe Kahani Cafe Kahani Wala Rajat Ke Saath Kahani Cafe